The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. And uh, we're going to talk about um, inspirational women who changed their stories and changed their worlds as uh, laid out in uh, Linda Olson's newest compilation story matters empowering your hope when going through tough times and uh, Linda joins me by phone hi Linda welcome to the show hello I'm so glad to be with you hey, when someone refers to Linda Olson's newest compilation how is a compilation different than Linda wrote a new book Oh, the difference is <laughs> that the uh, compilation isn't just my story. This particular book is actually, there's uh, seven different people contributed a chapter to the story, to, you know, to the book. And, and how did that, how did that work? How did you pick seven people um, whose stories were, that you wanted to tell, that you wanted to include in this book? Well, that was really kind of fun. I've had the privilege of working with a number of people, mostly women, although I work with men as well. And um, in through my programs, and my programs are all based around story, uh, so helping them either tell their story or helping them write their story. And the more I heard about their story, I thought, wow. These are powerful stories, and others need to hear them. And so as I spoke to them and told them what I was thinking about is putting together this anthology, um, they all said yes. They were very excited. But it seems to me like you would have come in contact with many more than seven. Absolutely, I did. And it's interesting because... um, you know, the more you, <clears throat> excuse me, listen to stories and hear people, um, <clears throat> the more discerning you can become in terms of who's, who's really ready for this. In other words, there are many people that have big stories, but they haven't worked through their pain and their hurt, and so often they're speaking from their wounds instead of their scars. And you can tell very quickly as somebody who has done the hard work of working through their pain, and now they are ready, truly ready to give, 
uh, to others, as opposed to when we're working from our wounds, we're often, there's a neediness that comes across, and we want others to give to us. And uh, so I'm always looking for those, particularly, that are speaking from their scars. What did these women, and, and I'm, it is, it's all women in this particular collection. Um, right. What did these women have in common, and, and what set them separate? Um, are they seven different stories, and, and if they are, is there some common thread? Good question. <clears throat> yes, there are. There are seven very different stories. Everyone is is truly uh, very unique in their in their story, coming from different backgrounds, different cultures, different countries. And but what they have in common is that these particular women are all coming from a faith based background. Um, a faith-based now, uh, they didn't start out that way in their story, but realized they could not be where they are today if they hadn't had a personal faith in God. And then, um, is is there is is there a moral? Is there um, a lesson or? a set of lessons that you're hoping people will get from having these stories shared with them. Yes, there is. You know, all of our stories are different. We're individuals. We, you know, really, if you think of it, there is no one in the entire world that has walked exactly our path. And so our story is different. We are unique. And I wanted their uniqueness to come out. And at the same time, the lessons, uh, some of the lessons that we can learn through this is no matter where we come from, where we are, what our circumstances have been, that's like our, our storm, our emotional storm, that we can rise above with getting help, whether that's professional help um, or close friends coming alongside us or whatever it may be, we can get the help, seek out the help, and rise above our storm. Because if we, if we stay in the storm, there's a tendency to get stuck where we are. And there are, unfortunately, there are many people that are stuck in their story. They've been hurt so deeply, they can't get over a specific loss, um, you know, whatever it is, there's many different circumstances. And these women, each having gone through their individual trauma, have learned to rise above that storm and now are enjoying life more than they ever have. Why is it important for someone who's experienced trauma to share their story with I don't know, friends, family, loved ones, or the public, as, as in the release of this book? Well, the key is that once we rise above our storm, once we work through our trauma, 
it's all about sharing with others because in sharing the lessons that we learned, that's really the biggest part of our story. It's not what we went through, but it's about the lessons that we learn in the process. And when we ourselves have learned those lessons, then we have something very valuable to share to others because it doesn't matter where we go, especially today, that everybody deals with pain, problems, and conflict. We don't have to go far to find that. And when someone is willing to share their pain and we can come alongside them, even though our pain may be entirely different than theirs, we can come alongside them and say, you know, there was a time in my life when I faced tremendous fear and I had no idea how to get past it. And then we can go on and share our story. And suddenly the other person knows and feels like they're not alone in this process. Here's somebody who is supporting them and knows where they've been. And we all need that at different times in our life. I know this is going to be tough because the the collection, the compilation, uh, focuses on seven stories, and that's a, a fairly small number to select from what had to be dozens of, of stories that you might have considered. Absolutely. Um, but is is there one that that stands out that that you'd like to share to give people kind of an example of what? Uh, what kinds of stories are, are in this book? Uh, yes, the one example that... <clears throat> I know that's a little bit like asking somebody if they have a favorite <laughs> child or asking a musician if they have a favorite <laughs> song. But uh, but is, is, is there a standout story? You know, there's several standout stories, but the one that comes to mind immediately is um, a young gal who actually... Um, as she got married, unfortunately was in an abusive marriage and got out of that. And there are many things, of course, in dealing with the kids and and letting go of them. She became a weekend mom, but at the same time took on so much guilt and shame. And that was part of her storms. And then there was the day she went to the doctor's office just for a regular checkup and the doctor sat down with her and he said, you have stage four breast cancer and um, it is so far along that there is no treatment that we have for you. And at that moment, she, she didn't want to go on living. And she said, I had to come to the place to face life or death. And she said, honestly, I wanted to die. And then the doctor exhorted me and said, you have three children. They need you. And I want you to seriously, very seriously think about that. And when she did and got a hold of herself, she said, I choose life. And since then, even though um, she was gi- oh she was given one to five years to live, and she had to give up her job because she didn't have the strength and energy to continue. 
She was at home, but she had always wanted to write her book. And now, for the first time, she really had the time to do it. She said, I have no more excuses. And so I came alongside. I helped her with her book. And then I asked her, I said, so have you considered what you want for your cover? And she said, yes. She said, I've drawn it. I said, drawn it? I've known you for several years. I had no idea you were an artist. She said, I stuffed that for 20 years. I didn't have time, and I, I put that aside. And now her artistic ability has come forward. She is writing her, right now, she is writing her second book, has, has outlined and began her drawings for an entire children's series, and says, I, I'm enjoying life more than I ever have. And this was actually two years. She's two years now since the doctor gave her that diagnosis. And every day, she said, every day is a gift. And I have chosen to live life with a smile. That is a, a remarkable story. And, and it just seems like it would be hard for people to want to share something that personal. What is it about these these women um, that that want to share these stories? You know that again is a very good question because to me the power lies in that level uh, sharing on that level of vulnerability um, because these women have worked through the very painful things that they have been through, they now recognize the power in their story. And once they grasp that power in their story and that their story has value, not only for themselves, it has value in sharing with others and recognizing that there are so many other people, not, whether they have cancer or not, in many respects, there's an emotional cancer that eats our body when we're not facing our pain and walking through our story. And so when they come to that place to recognize the power in their story, that's when they know they can make a difference and help others. And bottom line is, and that's clearly one of their themes, is we are here to serve others. We are here to help others. If there's just one person in the whole world that my story can make a difference to, I want to share it with that person. Linda, I have to take a short break here, but I want to talk to you some more about this book and some of your others. Um, can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more after the break? Absolutely. All right. My guest is Linda Olson, and uh, her newest compilation is Story Matters, Empowering Your Hope When Going Through Tough Times, which uh, uh, gives us a chance to meet seven inspirational women who change their stories and change their worlds. We're going to take a short break, let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well, so don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. There's more straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom What are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen. We just have to send them $200 in edible arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for edible arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam? Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. My guest this hour has uh, been referred to as a go-to story expert who helps authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs impact millions with their stories. And her uh, latest, uh, her newest compilation, Story Matters, uh, Empowering Your Hope When Going Through Tough Times, features uh, seven inspirational women who change their stories and change their worlds. She is uh, Lisa Olson, and she joins me by phone. Lisa, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no problem. Actually, it was kind of fun. I listened to the commercials, and one of them ended with, Your Voice Matters. And I thought, that's what story's all about. Our story is our voice, and it does matter. Well, and that um, raises an interesting question. I was looking for a graphic of the of the book, uh, poking around online at Amazon and different places, and um, came across more than one cover with that phrase. Uh, one was "Your Story Matters." One was "Story Matters." What's 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 the difference? How many books have you written, and are they all compilations of stories like this one? Now, this is actually the first book that's a compilation, um, <clears throat> and I recognized when I, when I wrote, um, it is a very similar title, Your Story Matters, Own Your Story and Tell It with Clarity, Confidence, and Impact. When, when that book came out, uh, I actually had a very pleasant surprise. In five days, it became a number one uh, bestseller in seven countries with 3,000 downloads. And it really took me back. And I, I mean, I was so surprised. And the more I thought about it, that I thought, you know what? People need to know their story matters. And as I did some research, I discovered the number one reason people are not telling their story is because they don't think they have one and nothing could be farther from the truth. So as I followed that theme, after doing that, I wrote Transform Your Story, which is actually um, my personal story, letting go of the past when it won't let go of you. And then I wrote um, Love Your Story, which is actually, um, it's, it's very practical ideas on becoming the champion you were meant to be. So I'm just finishing actually a meditation that goes along with that, which will be my uh, my fifth book. With the um, with the the uh, book that you have now, well, when you talk about people's stories mattering, uh, something occurred to me. It, it seems like there might be two reasons that that people don't share their stories one would be that it's still personal and painful and and they're they're sort of hiding their story and and the pain that is associated with it and um and the other is what you alluded to which is people wouldn't be interested in my story it is both of those reasons and there's actually a couple more, and one is 
that even if they felt like they had a story, they don't think others would be interested in hearing. And that has to do with not feeling that their story is valuable. And another major reason that I keep hearing says, I know I have a story, but I don't have a clue where to start, where to begin to share my story, to write my story, to do anything. I just know I have a story, and people have told me for years, you've got to write a book, or you need to get out there and share your story. (laughs) Well, that's easy for them to say. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard heard people say that, and and it's, it's interesting that, and and this is maybe what is so appealing about your books, and, and in particular, uh, Your Voice Matters, is people might know they have a story, but they don't know they have a voice. That's, that's a great distinction, yes. <clears throat> because they know there's, you know, they've been through enough stuff that there's there's got to be something valuable <laughs> in all of that. But it's like, how do, we, how do we go about, where do we begin, you know, in uh, being able to use that in a valuable way to help others? Well, all, all writers struggle with finding their voice in the early uh, part of their career. And, and that's just something that um, people have to do is, is learn to find their voice. Exactly. That is a process. And if they're willing to walk through that process, um, they will find it. The people that, um, that contributed to this book and to people who've read the book, um, what kind of response are, are you getting to the book? Um, how do the people that are included feel, and what kind of feedback have you gotten from readers? You know, it um, again, it was a very pleasant surprise. When we first launched the book, <clears throat> it became an Amazon bestseller in five categories in the first five days with 33 um, truly amazing reviews on the book that it grabbed um, hearts. It grabbed hearts, people. um, Some said, you know, I just began reading and came immediately to tears. You're speaking about my pain uh, I didn't know anybody was through this, through the same thing that I've been through. And, you know, those kind of, I mean, they were really gripping responses. One lady said, my life has been transformed. And she said, I've only been through three chapters. <laughs> and and so, you know, to me, um, the reviews people shared from such a vulnerable place and we're willing, you know, clearly we're, we're touched so deeply that they shared from their heart. And I, I wasn't prepared. You know, often you get some, you know, nice little general reviews. And, of course, there were a few of those tucked in there. But for the most part, I was, um, 
I was very taken with uh, with the response that we've got, and with the response we have gotten since then. I've been doing a lot of radio and television in articles and magazines and so forth, and um, the the response has been overwhelming. And I real I don't think I realized how timely this book was because of the pain that people have gone through, even in the last last year or two. Um, everybody has been affected one way or another by the pandemic. Many people have lost loved ones, lost their job. You know, there have been so many different losses, but it's kind of like, what do we do with all this? Most of the time we're overwhelmed and we're just trying to make it through our day. But in reading these stories, even though these women were all there, at some point in their life they found a way to rise above, and that is, like I said earlier, the message that we want to get across. There is a way. Well, you said earlier that all of these stories are are very different, and you shared a story in the last segment, and I wondered if you might um, be willing to share another story to show just how vastly different all of these stories are. Oh, Absolutely. Um, another story that comes to mind is um, is a lady who had a had a newborn, and within a few months, um, she knew something wasn't quite right. And as her and her husband took the baby to the doctor, and they continued to do testing, they discovered there were four tumors on her brain. And the doctors were not too concerned. They said, it is important that we do surgery because they will continue to grow. But if we do surgery, you know, we'll get rid of the tumors. The baby should be fine. Well, much to their surprise, they did the surgery. The tumors were removed. But instead of them staying away, they came back very quickly. And so now, by five years of age, this little one had had at least five major surgeries. And for her, she was a remarkable little girl. And for her to go to the hospital and go through tests and all that was like she said, my other kids going to the playground. I mean, it was such a common everyday kind of thing because... That's where she spent a good majority of her life. Well, this little girl, uh, as she was growing up, she she said, Mom, you know what? I need to help others. I want to share, basically said, I want to share my story with others because wherever she went in the hospital, she was always about seeing who she could make laugh whether it was the nurses, <laughs> the doctor, the, you know, the kids next door, you know, whatever it was. I mean, she was just amazing. And so her and her mom kind of had this thing that they would write a book together and share it with others. Well, <clears throat> as it turned out, two weeks prior to her 15th birthday, she did pass on. Mm-hmm. And now... um it is a number of years later, and last year I met Mom for the first time, and she told me her story. I was so taken with it. And she said, 
I know I need to pass on this legacy. I need to write Sydney's story. And she reached out to me and said, can you help me? And I said, I would love to help you. That is such a powerful story and others need to hear. And I said, my goodness, every time I hear her story, I said, this is no ordinary girl. She truly was amazing. So now she began writing her story and in the process realized this isn't just about Sydney's story and passing on the legacy. She recognized it was her story and she needed to embrace that. And so as she did, and again, it's always a process, as she embraced that story, began recognizing that her biggest market was grieving mamas. And so she has been, she has been getting out there to speak and um, is writing her book. And I said, you know, one of the easiest places to start is actually instead of writing the whole book, let's start with writing your chapter. And so she did that, and now she's continuing to write her book. Actually, is hoping that it will be completed this spring sometime. Uh, but, But in the process, to me, it was not only the story of this little girl, which was remarkable, it's she has embraced her story and now can help others in more of a powerful way. Is there a um, somewhat predictable uh, timeline or, or period of time between surviving um, the, the challenges that, that someone has faced and then being able to tell the story? Well, it's interesting. That's um, that's different for everybody. And to me, the biggest difference comes, um, it happens when we are ready to embrace our pain, to embrace the, the problems, the conflict, uh, whatever we've gone through. And as you know, for some people that may take a few years, for others... It may take a lifetime, and sad to say, some people never get there. So it is, um, to me, that's the biggest thing. When uh, it's an attitude, it's a decision, um, it's obviously a heart decision to really come to the place to recognize that this pain that I've been through can be used for me as opposed to this was the pain to me. When it's to me, we tend to remain in this victim place. When it's for me, there's a purpose that I've gone through all of this. And if I can embrace that purpose, then I have something to share with others and to help others. Is there a, um, a a method for survival and beyond that 
that can be taught to people or shared with people that are still mired in challenges? Well, there is, and um, I've I've broken it down in in a simplistic kind of way, and one is that we have to identify what the pain is, what are the negative emotions that we are facing right now. Is it fear? Is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it loneliness? Um, whatever it is, you know, we cannot confront what we do not identify. So first and foremost, we have to identify what is it that we're feeling. And once we identify it, then it's a matter of making a choice. So for example, let's say it's fear. We all face fear. Fear is our number one enemy. And I have the choice. Am I going to face the fear or... Will I run from the fear? And there's, of course, many ways of running from it, avoiding, you know, avoiding it, escaping it, denying it, getting into addictions. It goes on and on. Or we can choose to face it. And if we face it, just because we choose to face it doesn't mean that it goes away or we work through it. So the third area is we need to take action. Because just because we decide to do it in our head doesn't mean it happens. We have to take action. So if we choose to face our fear, then it may be um, sitting down with somebody to help us through the process. It may be talking to a friend. It may be having a good cry. There are many different ways also of facing it. Uh, If I... I can tell a little story. Many people have responded to this, a little story that may help explain this. Yeah. Uh, Just over the hill from where we live are a number of uh, big ranches. There's cattle ranches, horse ranches, even a buffalo ranch. And I've learned um, that when a storm comes, so let's say it's coming from the east going west, Cows will sense the storm coming and they will start running the direction that the storm is headed. So they will pick up their heads and start going west because that's where the storm is headed. Therefore, prolong the storm because they're running with the storm and it will take longer. Buffalo, on the other hand, they too will sense the storm coming and they will turn face the storm, and go the direction that the storm came from so they will go east and therefore get through it much more quickly. And in many respects, like I said, it's really not that different when we're dealing with the emotional storms, when we're dealing with those negative emotions, wherever they are. We always have that choice. If we just kind of go with it, that's like avoiding it and... We prolong it. Or we can choose to face it and say, you know what? I I absolutely refuse to allow this to steal my joy or my peace or whatever it is. I can get through this. Linda, what's next for you? Did I hear you say you had another book in the works? 
I do. Actually, um, it's, uh, it's tied in with the Love Your Story, which is about becoming a, a champion, particularly. Uh, it's, um, it's really a meditation book, and it's written particularly for um, entrepreneurs, and so it's taking, um, although it is a it is a faith based book, so it's taking biblical characters and uh, looking at their lives, the less some of the lessons they've learned, and applying the principles to being an entrepreneur today. So it's kind of a fun book, and I'm hoping actually that'll be out in the next month or two. Um. Linda, we're almost out of time, and I want to make sure, as I do with all my guests, that I give you an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website you'd like to share? Uh, yes, it's wealththroughstories.com, all spelled out, wealththroughstories.com, yes. How long before the uh, the next book is out? Well, I'm actually hoping that it will be out the the by the middle of March. Oh wow! And it's coming. Yes, right and that is this one is love your story. That one is love your story day by day. So it's forty forty meditations, a forty day journey on learning some valuable principles that we can apply. Well, Linda, thank you so much for spending this time with uh, with me and the listeners and sharing uh, your story and the stories that are included in this new book, which is, uh, oh, and I turned the page so I'm not looking at the title. It is called Story Matters, Empowering Your Hope When Going Through Tough Times by Linda Olson. Linda, thanks so much for spending this time with me, and uh, keep up the good work. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for what you do, and it's been my pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Again, uh, that was uh, Linda Olson. She is uh, referred to as the go-to story expert who helps authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs impact millions with their stories. She is a TEDx speaker, multiple best-selling author, and founder of Wealth Through Stories. And uh, again, her um, newest compilation, um, her newest book, and it happens to be a compilation, is Story Matters, Empowering Your Hope When Going Through Tough Times. And uh, that's out now. And uh, we're going to take a short break and let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. They are WFOVLP, uh, Our Voices Radio, 92.1 FM Flint. Uh, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. So, as I said, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're uh, streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some me messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We've still got... Um, we've still got the third half of our three-hour tour 
uh, yet to go on uh, the Tom Sumner program, but we're going to take a uh, short break here, and we'll be back with the final segment of uh, this hour, which uh, will feature comedy and music. We'll be right back. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila, tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. 
alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I would like to take you to the opera where you are going to hear a Mozart opera, which is nothing but an opera written by Mozart. (laughs) This is an opera in one act, and it begins when the curtain rises. Otherwise, you couldn't see a thing. <laughs> the stage setting is a kind of a forest. There are two large trees, which, of course, indicates the forest. It's a kind of a small forest, but it's a forest. <laughs> First, the tenor comes in. He is supposed to meet his soprano, as they usually call those ladies. But she's a little late, this particular season. So he hides himself behind one of the trees in order to surprise her when she comes in a little later, which she does. So when she arrives, she can't find him because he is occupied behind one of the trees. (laughs) Uh, He's with a knife carving her name into the (laughs) scenery. She doesn't know that he is there, but, uh, well, as a matter of fact, she must know it because she saw it during rehearsals. <laughs> Either she pretends that she doesn't know it, or she's just plain stupid. <laughs> or whatever it is, she gets across the stage somehow and takes place behind the other tree, which, for the occasion, hides her. <laughs> To a certain extent. Now, (laughs) the chorus comes in, but nobody knows why except Mozart, and he is dead. (laughs) And that's just too bad. Next, your father comes in, and he is a very old man, primarily because she is a very old soprano. (laughs) And he is very angry because... Apparently, she is not his daughter. Now, this has nothing to do with the opera. I found that out myself. (laughs) And that's what we call research. (laughs) Anyway, he decides that he has had enough of her, so he tells her to die, and that's exactly what she's going to do. And with that, the opera ends, and... People can go home. Now I take you to the opera house where you hear the conductor's footsteps when he enters the orchestra pit. Here he comes. Yeah, he walks sideways. <laughs> and this is the overture. <laughs> This, ladies and gentlemen, was the first part of the overture. 
Now you hear the second part, and that's exactly the same. <laughs> This little bloop is an extra bloop. <laughs> we have in case we shoot one shot of bloops. <laughs> but that has never happened, so we have a lot of bloops left over. <laughs> now the curtain rises and the tenor arrives. He's a little tall fellow, he comes in. <laughs> he comes in from the left in a single file. He goes behind the tree right away. <laughs> now the leading lady arrives. She is supposed to fill the part of the soprano. Now she not only fills it, she overflows it a little bit. <laughs> She's a big hus a big uh, uh, she's a big soprano, that's what she is. She's what we call a messy soprano. She comes in in a single pile. She also arrives backwards, but nobody notices the difference. She goes behind the other tree. She can hardly wait because... Uh, see, she is... She supposedly hasn't... She hasn't met him for a long time, so she is just... She's anxious. Now is the time for the chorus. The light is dimmed, so you can hardly see these people when they arrive, and that's why they're dressed in a kind of cheap underwear. Because there is no reason to spend a lot of money for costumes when you can't see them. Right? And that's the way the management of this theater feels about it, and that's the way it's gonna be. Here they come. Bread and butter. Now they're all in and they fool around in the dark for a little while. This is a mixed chorus. Bread and butter. Now they're out, they get the money and go home. Next, a baritone comes in and sings, Toreador, Toreador. But he finds out that he's in the wrong opera. Now, the father comes in, the old man, and he is the basso.
almost now told her what he had to say and she understands him quite well so now she prepares herself to die but before she dies she sings an area the so-called die area <laughs> She seems very happy about it. She dies by stabbing herself between the two big trees. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
touch that dial, you're listening to Tom Sumner.